Hi, this is Shauna, and I want to welcome you to Living in This Space. Real talk, because hey, we're all just living in this space we call life, right? It's messy. It's hard. And sometimes it's the most joyous thing we can experience. I want you, my listener, to have a place where the conversation is real and honest. I hope we can spend this time together validating, sharing, and experiencing all the feels together with whatever topic is on the agenda for the day. Let's dive in. Hi, listeners, and welcome back to our time together today. I'm so excited to be with you again on this second episode. Today, we're going to explore a topic that I think we've all struggled with at some point in our lives, and that's fear. Holy smokes, it's a big one, isn't it? We're going to talk about the difference between healthy and unhealthy fears and how to recognize when an unhealthy fear can sometimes lead more toward being a phobia. I'm excited to talk about this with you today because I've battled this for most of my life in one form or another, and I know it can be challenging to navigate it when you're sitting in that place of that hugely unhealthy fear. So I I also want you to remember before I go any farther that I'm not a therapist or an expert on this topic. I just wanted to come on here and share with you some of my experience because I think it's important when we can learn from each other and, you know, know that we're not alone in something that we're feeling. While unhealthy fear is a good thing and can protect us, it's our unhealthy fears that will hold us back in one way or another in our life. So let's just take a little bit of a deep dive into what some unhealthy fears could look like. Unhealthy fear can come in all forms and it will hold us back usually from leading a productive life if we're not recognizing it. It can stop us from doing enjoyable things and can really convince us to turn down job opportunities or pass up invitations to fun events. It can hold us back from leaving a toxic relationship, and it can also rob us of relationships. When we find ourselves in the throes of these kind of fears, I think some of us might not even realize what's going on. Have you ever felt that way? You know, in my first episode, I talked about being so excited to start this new adventure with you. And then that paralyzing fear set in. And I I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know what I was feeling. I just knew that I didn't want to do the podcast anymore. Some of you might have felt this way at one time. You may have been so excited to start something and then, you know, just stop dead in your tracks because of some type of type of fear around it. We're going to explore that. Um, but another place we can find ourselves trapped in is when that unhealthy fear crosses that boundary line into being a phobia. So I looked that one up and I found a definition on OxfordReference.com and it reads like this. Phobia is a persistent, irrational fear of an object, event, activity, or a situation that will result in a compelling desire to avoid it, whatever it is that prompted the fear. The presence or anticipation of the phobic stimulus can often trigger anxiety or even a panic attack. I mean, it goes on to explain a little bit deeper, but I just took that little snippet because I thought that was pretty powerful in describing what a phobia is and what it can do to us. Now, I personally feel like this is the extreme for most of us, but we are not immune to finding ourselves here. And I want to give you an example of that. 
My precious mother was afraid most of her life of spiders, and it started somewhere in her childhood. And as I was growing up watching my mother and learn, you know, I learned from her that spiders were something to be incredibly afraid of. And as I got older, I became more and more afraid of spiders because, you know, I was raised by my mom and we spent a lot of time together. I mean, I was terrified of them. And walking in that anxiety is paralyzing. It will hold you back from so many things. I mean, if I thought that there was going to be spiders and we were on a hike, my mind was constantly consumed with looking for spiders. Now, I'm a little bit better with this today. I still don't like spiders, but I've learned to recognize the phobic side of my fear. And I really, really try to be a lot better with that now. But it was a decision. It was a decision I had to make to try to understand why I was so afraid and look at it in a different light. I think there's a lot of fears that can cross this boundary line into phobia and, you know, distinguishing between them when we're in the throes of that moment of incredible fear. It can be difficult sometimes to understand, you know, where we are, where we're sitting with that fear. So if some of you have fears that run that deep, I really want to encourage you to talk to someone about it because a phobic fear is something that can just paralyze you and really stop you from enjoying a productive life. I want to ask you, have you ever heard that we're born with innate fears? There's two of them that it usually talks about, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. I've heard this my whole life. And I wasn't sure if it was some kind of urban legend or just an old wives tale. So I looked it up the other day and sure enough, there is so much information online about it that, but it it describes these two fears as innate fears, something that's instinctual at birth. Well, we can have other fears as well, and they can stem from previous traumas, or maybe they develop from a place of learned response. Now, remember my fear of spiders and how phobic it was? I truly believe that was a learned response because it was following what my mother was showing me, what she was modeling for me. Had she not been so afraid of spiders, I probably would have grown up with a little bit more of a curious approach to them and a healthier fear of the ones that were poisonous and that might hurt me. So this is a fear I learned for sure from my mother. Let's take a look at some healthy fears. Now, it's human to have healthy fear of some things, and I think we all understand what that is. I have a deep, healthy respect for deep water because I do not swim. I have a healthy respect for poisonous snakes. I know I'm going to stay away from them. But if it's not a poisonous snake, the worst it can do is bite me, and I don't want to be bitten. But I know it's not going to kill me, so I have a little bit of a healthier respect in that area. We can usually identify these pretty easily. And you know, some of you may actually know those kind of people that are reckless and fearless. I mean, we think they're fearless, right? Because they just do all these crazy things. And you may look at them and wonder, my goodness, do you have any fear at all? Listen, if you have kids, I bet at some point in their childhood or their, you know, youth as they were growing up, you probably looked at them at some point and thought, oh my gosh, does my kid have any fear at all? I can't believe they're doing that. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, I looked this up as well, and better health summarizes fear like this. Fear can be healthy 
It's programmed into your nervous system, and it gives you the survival instincts that you need to keep yourself safe from danger. Let's listen to that again. Survival instincts that you need to keep yourself safe from danger. I want to share with you a personal example of recognizing a healthy fear in an experience that I had when I was young. When I was a teenager, I didn't have a lot of healthy boundaries in my life. And I think without healthy boundaries, you tend to be a little bit more reckless and careless with the things that you do. And you may have remembered from my first episode that I had a relationship with drugs and alcohol as a teenager. So in addition to not having very many healthy boundaries in place, I think this lifestyle also added to me being less inclined to recognize danger or to just be a little bit more careless with my walk in life. Well, I was walking to school one morning in my sophomore year of high school, and since I was running late, there wasn't the usual amount of traffic on the road. It was it was the road I walked to school on was a little isolated. And I had about a three-mile walk to get to school every morning, so if somebody pulled over and offered me a ride, I rarely turned it down, even if it was a stranger. Well, on this particular morning, a man pulled his car over and asked me if I wanted a ride. And of course, as my usual, I said yes. I reached for the doorknob on the car, and I looked up and made eye contact with him. And when I did, I'm going to tell you something, an overwhelming, staggering fear just blew into me. Now, I rarely experienced fear like this, but this was so profound that I immediately pulled my hand away from the door handle as if I'd touched fire. And I turned and I started walking away from his car in the opposite direction of how I had been walking. And I heard him yell back, don't you want to ride? Don't you want to ride? And I mean, I was in tears at this point, y'all. I was so afraid. And something just told me this man was going to hurt me if I got into this car. This, my friends, was healthy fear kicking in. I also recognize it because I'm a believer as the hand of God on my life, but we all have that instinct and it kicked in in a big way that morning. You know, healthy fears are in place to protect us. And I don't know what would have happened had I gotten that car, but I truly do believe that it wouldn't have been a good thing. The key to these healthy fears is recognizing them when they arise. I think we have tons of little voices swirling around in our head that tell us so many things. I mean, they they all have a role. They're either going to be self-condemning or encouraging, or they're going to put fear into our hearts or, you know, something. But I think one of those small voices is going to be that healthy fear voice. And learning to recognize it and listen to it is so important. So let's kind of take another look at unhealthy fears. I think all of us have battled these life-sucking fears at one time or another. Some of us more than others, but I don't think we're immune to it. Now, unhealthy fears can come in all different forms. And often, I think when we find ourselves in the throes of some of these fears, we might not recognize what's happening to us. I love Brene Brown. And she says in her book, Atlas of the Heart, when we don't have the language to talk about what we're experiencing, our ability to make sense of what's happening and share it with others is severely limited. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I think we can look at our fears in the same way. When we can't identify the fear, 
or the reason it's holding us back, we might have difficulty recognizing, is this a healthy one or an unhealthy fear? Five months ago, when I was so excited about starting this podcast and I had settled on a name for it, I was, you know, kicking around all of these things in my heart. I had a general idea of where I wanted to go. I already told you I'd settled on a name for it. And I could see myself sitting in front of this microphone at my desk talking to you just like I am right now. I could hear all of my friends giving me feedback and encouragement. And I was excited. You know, I was committed. I was going to do this thing. And then that paralyzing, unhealthy fear set in. And it just stopped me dead in my tracks. For five months, it stopped me. I couldn't push through it because I really didn't even understand why I was afraid or what I was afraid of. All I knew was I was afraid. So I had to sit down and process that fear. And I didn't do it until I was ready, but I had to process. And I processed through journaling and self-reflection and talking to my counselor. You know, I would sit in counseling and I would tell her I don't even know what I'm afraid of. So I had to find the language, the words to identify what was pulling, what was pulling me back into this place of fear when all I really wanted to do was run from the idea of processing this and sink back into that comfort zone. I didn't have to face anything if I was back in that comfort zone. In the book, The Dance of Fear by Harriet Lerner, she says, fear is not something to be conquered or eliminated or even tackled for that matter. Instead, we need to pay close attention to its message. Did you hear that? That fear has a message for us. So what were my fears telling me? That I wasn't smart enough to understand the technology of pulling off a podcast. Okay. Yes. Listen, that's a tough one, guys. It was loud and clear. I am not smart enough to understand the technology of pulling off this podcast. It was also telling me that I wasn't smart enough to pull off this podcast and create content on the weekly. What the heck was I going to talk about every single week? It was telling me that no one would be interested in what I have to say. They might at first, you know, they might listen out of curiosity, but could I hold people's attention long term? All these fears are unhealthy, self-deprecating thoughts. They would have stolen my dream of starting this podcast had I not pushed through. So once I identified what they were, I was able to recognize there were unhealthy fears. These weren't healthy fears that were talking to me. They were unhealthy fears. And I was able to counter the message they were telling me with the truth. Will I stumble? Of course I will. You know, it took me like probably 20 tries before I got that first episode where I wanted it. And I'm going to be fully transparent with you. I'm probably close to that number of tries with this one. But you know what? I'm no longer afraid of what will happen if it takes a thousand tries to get one right. I just keep working through it until I get it the way I want it. Is the technology hard? Yeah, for me, it's been a learning curve. But it is not so hard that I can't power through it. And I found someone who's an expert in this field and reached out to him and hired him to help me with some of the things I don't understand. Like my intro and my outro. I had no clue how to put music to an intro and an outro. 
or how to navigate audacity. I'm recording through it right now. So he's helped me to understand some of those things so that I have a little bit more confidence now in that area. And then once I sat down and thought about all the areas of my life where I've struggled and persevered, and I also thought about how many people do I know with their own stories that could bring so much value to you, my listener, if I interview them on this podcast. Well, then I realized those were unhealthy fears as well, and I was able to navigate those. I think this quote by Louisa May Alcott is incredibly applicable to put right here in this spot. She said, I am not afraid of the storms, for I'm learning how to sail my ship. I am not afraid of this podcast, y'all. I'm learning how to work through it. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have podcasts that aren't perfect. Some of you, you may be like, oh my gosh, can, will she ever shut up? But I'm not afraid anymore. So let's move to action steps. I'm pretty action step oriented when I need to figure something out. So we're going to take a look at four things that can help us identify, name, and process the fears we're feeling. I personally like the idea of journaling. I think this helps us to put thoughts in a form that's quickly recognizable. Once they're put on paper, we can look at them in a different light. If I'm afraid of spiders, I can list why I'm afraid of spiders. They might bite me. They might jump on me and scare me. To me, they feel pretty predatory. Well, let's rationalize those fears. Not all spiders are poisonous. And most of them are pretty advantageous to the environment. So doesn't it make more sense for me to recognize this? And unless I'm under direct threat of being bitten by one that I know is poisonous, I can always retreat. I can safely move away from it. I can maybe get it out of my house. Or if it's an extreme and I have to kill it, I can kill it. I mean, for goodness sakes, I'm a whole lot bigger and way more of a threat to most spiders than they are to me. So any fear can be written out and worked through on paper. Here's another great quote by James Stevens. This is a good one, y'all. Curiosity will conquer fear more than bravery will. That's powerful. So become curious about some of those things that you're afraid of and maybe journal about them and write them down. The next thing is just becoming more aware of what we're afraid of. This will help us to put fears into the appropriate box, so to speak. So an example of that is, if I'm afraid of rejection to the point of not making friends or going to events, I can sit down and really look at that. What's the worst thing that could happen if I stepped out on faith? And I went out to meet new friends. Well, I might realize they're not the kind of people I want to hang out with or that we have very little in common. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. And it emboldens us and helps us to narrow the field of who we want to be friends with or what kind of events or activities we even enjoy. And the best case scenario, we make a new friend or we enjoy a new experience. So we can take that anxiety fear of rejection And we can put it into a new box. That's an unhealthy fear box that we're putting it into. Shirley MacLaine, I love her. Don't y'all love her? She said, fear makes strangers of people who would be friends. So if you never step out, think of all the people that you're missing being friends with potentially. The next thing would be diving into trusted books, articles, or podcasts on whatever topic you're working through. 
I love Brene Brown. I talked about her earlier. Her book, Atlas of the Heart, and Harriet Lerner's book, The Dance of Fear, are just two of the authors that I really tried to work through over the last couple of years. They're very worthy of my time, and their content is always valuable and well-written. It's applicable to things that you know I'm going through in this season of my life. So if you can find some authors that you enjoy reading, or maybe some articles in some magazines that you like, or podcasts even, like this one, and follow them, I think that will help you to understand you're not alone in whatever it is that you're you know, struggling with at the moment. And then let's talk about seeking the help of others. Earlier, I encouraged you to ask for professional help if you're struggling with phobias. Well, let me share with you, over the last few years, I've battled some pretty big fears. Some of them have been paralyzing and probably bordered that phobia line in how they were really holding me back from moving forward. And in this season, I chose to talk to trusted mentors, and I also sought out a counselor from a license or counseling from a licensed therapist, who I love so much, by the way. And the value that I found in working with my therapist was immeasurable. I mean, it has been invaluable to my walk as an adult. So I want you to know there is never any shame in asking for help. I couldn't have done this without that counseling. I couldn't have done this without realizing, you know, I am a whole lot more valuable and powerful than I ever thought I was over the last 20 plus years. I would love for each of us to be able to live with the freedom of not being tethered by unhealthy fears. Repeated action and addressing and working through those fears can make them so much more manageable. I love this quote by Dale Carnegie. Do the thing you fear and keep doing it. It's the quickest and surest way yet discovered to conquer that fear. Remember that one, y'all. So as we wrap up this episode, my friends, I hope you've learned something of value that will help you navigate your day with more confidence. I am so enjoying our time together, and I hope you are too. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit follow wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, I hope you live in your space well, my friends.